You're listening to the Clear Your Blocks to Glowing Health podcast with Anna King. Anna is a wellness coach and EFT practitioner who specializes in helping you clear what's blocking you from a level of health you can love. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the disclaimer located at AnnaKingCoaching.com or in the show notes below and agree to take full responsibility for your health and well-being. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome everyone. This is podcast number 33 and I'm super excited to finally get Ben Hunt uh, in the on the podcast, and we've been trying to do this for like months. So welcome, Ben. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really glad to have you, and so excited about the conversation today. Ben is a movement therapist. He's a manual therapist. He is on the team at my retreat, and uh, he's just been. Uh, he and his wife Alicia have just been wonderful friends for years and years, and. Alicia was at the very first retreat that I ever did and has been at every single one since. And so they're just super special people to me, but also really um, passionate about wellness, passionate about um, transformation. And I'm, I'm really excited to get into what Ben does because uh, I think for many of you who maybe know him or um, have heard of his his work, you might have a little bit of of um, curiosity about what is it that Ben actually does. So we're going to demystify that today and uh, really get into the nuts and bolts of of his work. And it's really awesome, really powerful. So um, I w- let's go ahead and start. This, I, I do want to share a little bit of my personal experience with your work, but let's go ahead and start a little bit with your story mm. and um, why you got into this work, why you love movement and helping people move better. Um, and then, then I do want to share a little bit about my own like experience with this. It's pretty fun. Okay, cool. So, uh, my story, I have always loved movement and I mean, I can remember when I was a kid, you know, like skiing, I would be riding up the, um, the ski lift and watching the skiers go down the mountain and, and uh, I was just fascinated by the good skiers. Like I could see what they were doing, and uh, I could feel it in my body when they would, you know, be going down the mountain, and it just be it would just be so beautiful and graceful and strong and powerful, and and, and it just fascinated me. So um, obviously, that's a tiny little example, but I, I did that with everything. Um, and so when I was young, I was very capable and slightly crazy with a lot of things that I did. So naturally, I got hurt a lot. And um, at 18 years old, 18 or 19, I, because of all of those, well, I learned to tough it out, you know, Mm. we never really fixed anything where you just like learn to like get hurt and then keep going. And so there might be some strength in that. But there's also another side of that coin that we didn't really uh, take care of which is kind of the healing side. So so when I was 18, I woke up one morning and couldn't really stand up. Like my back hurt so bad that I couldn't stand up straight. So it was kind of a big deal. And especially for an 18-year-old kid who's strong right. and athletic and all this all these things, like I just I just couldn't stand up straight. So I told my parents and they were like, "Well, we have this chiropractor friend and you should go see him." And so Called him up and he worked on me and that was the first time I had ever been like adjusted or anything. And uh, I walked out of his clinic like 
I could see for the first time. Like it just shifted everything. And, um, and it was that dramatic too. I could, I literally, like it was almost visual too. Like I was literally able to see more clearly than I had ever, uh, than I had ever done before. And, uh, and, and obviously my back pain was like almost totally gone. And there's a little bit, bit of rehab there and whatever, but, but, uh, yeah, so that was very, that was kind of like the shift for me. After that began the, um, the learning process of what it means to be whole, to be, uh, healed, like what healing is and, uh, and all the things that kind of go into that. So nutrition and community and, uh, strength and vitality and all of those things that we kind of place into, um, that category. And go ahead and like, give us a list of like, even just bullet points, some of those things that you started to really like uh, dive into at that very formative season of your life. Yeah, that was, and that was perfect. That's exactly right. You know, I was 18, 19 years old. My wife, Alicia, and I, we were hanging out so much. We weren't married yet, but we were really like diving into this whole world together at that time. It was obviously something that we connected with like immediately. And, and it really wasn't uh, modeled in our culture very much, like our family culture. It was, uh, it was something that we kind of fell into and we just became obsessed with it. So one of the first things was nutrition. Uh, we learned that, especially from my wife, but I, I, uh, one, of the, one of the key um, factors in the way that I felt was I was just really inflamed. You know, mm, yeah. I did have some structural issues going on in my back, but it was uh, exacerbated by you know, inflammation in my body. And so I learned those things that uh, created inflammation in my body, uh, and namely through, at that time, nutrition. You know, the the basic stuff, you know, like, don't eat so much sugar, don't drink Pepsis, you know, like all this stuff. <laughs> like, going to the bathroom can be way better if you, you know, I, and that's another topic. But but the nutrition was so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could really like, yeah, well, rabbit, I, that's, that's trail. another thing. Like, uh, digestion issues was a long standing issue for me. Mm. Uh, since I was a kid, I was, I would always get like an egg headache or whatever because I wasn't actually metabolizing like proteins and fats very well. So, so anyway, that's an, that's a long story, but, uh, nutrition was one of the very first things that we did. And then, um, uh, and did you notice in your athletic performance that just changing your, your diet made a difference in oh, how you felt? A hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah. As once I started clarifying those things that actually nourished me versus those things that kind of, uh, uh, blocked me or like bogged me down, um, <clears throat> it was, it was night and day, the difference. So, um, let's see. So nutrition was the thing that was namely uh, the thing that we talked about the most. Um, but the thing that I started kind of assimilating on my own, like in my own mind and, and personally was movement. I started to notice the difference between uh, the way that my body felt when I would move one way versus another way. Um, when I would like walk barefoot versus wearing big clunky shoes, the way that my feet felt, the way that my hips felt, the way that my thinking was, depending on how I was, how, how I was moving. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff there. 
Um, so nutrition, movement, and then social connection and community and sharing those things that we all have together, um, the things that we're learning and the things that we're kind of letting go of as we learn these new things. And it really became a, a culture of learning and possibility and vitality, and, and it's a thing that we shared. And so um, it was not necessarily a culture that we came from, but it was a culture that we were learning to uh, cultivate and create together at that time. So it was a very special time for us, for sure. So, and it was during this time that uh, I learned about applied kinesiology. So um, a few years later, I had a friend that was a guitarist, is a guitarist, and uh, he had some wrist issues, and he had seen this chiropractor that practiced applied kinesiology, and he said he was this crazy guy that said all these crazy weird words. He had no idea what was going on, but it worked. And so um, we <laughs> ended up going to him, and I remember sitting in his office. Um, I w- watched him begin his work with Alicia. He, she, she went first. And I was looking, and I remember looking around the room at all of his, like, devices and his, like, you know, plaques on the wall and all his certifications and licensures and all this stuff. And I was, like, overwhelmed with how cool it was. Like, I loved it so much. And my first thought was, like, I have to do this. Like, I am meant to do this. But it was almost so, like, subtly, like, in, like, so far deep in my consciousness or whatever that I didn't even register it as I am registering it now. It was more like this energy, this movement towards uh, wanting to do this. But before I could finish the thought, I was like, there's no way I can do this. Because, you know, because I was a music person. Like, I went to, I was in college for music, and uh, I thought I was going to, like, be a jazz professor at some, you know, college somewhere. And, and uh And so it just didn't make sense with the framework that I had been functioning in up until that moment. But that was another major milestone in my uh, my journey towards um, this work. So that's awesome. So you had quite a journey getting from that first insight into applied kinesiology and chiropractic, and this this whole world of nutrition and and healing and transformation and all that to where you are today. Can you give me just a few of the steps that you took to get to where you are? Yeah, it's a, it's a long process. And it's still like a, a thing that I'm currently going through, you know, because I'm always always learning and refining and, and uh, exploring things. But, but uh, yeah, so I, like I said, I was a music teacher and I graduated with my, you know, um, my degree in music and arts. And I... Uh, taught music for several years. And when I realized that health and wellness was my true passion in life and what I wanted to share with the world, then began the process of kind of unraveling the life that I had been functioning in into, uh, you know, building the, the new life. And so Alicia and I, obviously, we were already married when this happened. And we also had our two kids, Matthias and Ellie. And, um, so it naturally created kind of an unconventional route to get to where I am. You know, it's, it's easy for me to think, man, I, I wish I would have known, you know, I wish I would have known early on so I could have just gone, gone to school and done all the things and just dropped right in. 
but uh, apparently that's not that wasn't in the cards. So um, the unconventional route took me to um, first doing Thai yoga massage. So Alicia and I were really into yoga for a long time. She still is. I still practice some, but not nearly as much as I did at this time when we when we uh, really dropped in. And so Thai yoga massage was a way for me to kind of get into the world of body work and movement and kind of, you know, some sort of movement therapy, physical therapy stuff without having to go to this, you know, really long committing school to do it. I just wanted to get started, you know. And we had kids and we didn't, you know, we had limited finances and time and I just, it just didn't feel right to go off to school and do all that stuff. So that's where I started, Thai Yoga Massage. And then uh, after that, I went to massage school to get the basics in in massage. And uh, then I began my private practice just doing basic massage and Thai Yoga Massage. And uh, I did that for for several years, and then we moved to Texas, and we met some people here, and it's been amazing. And we decided to start a business with some of them, and it was called WaveTech, and it was a bioresonance, you know, scanning technology, and it was really amazing. And I did that out at Veritas Medical, um, just collaborating with them for about three years. And uh, that was a really, really special time for me of just growth and understanding and looking into nature and how nature functions and how our bodies function in nature. And it was just really, really amazing to look at all of that. So um, I did that for about three years. And then uh, Alicia and I took on a real estate venture and it took me on a forced hiatus for a whole year. And it was I thought it was going to be like a part-time thing, and it t- ended up being like overtime, like for a whole year. So it was really, really a challenging time. But again, I learned so much about just myself in- during that time, and it was really good. So I'm just about six months on the other side of that, actually, right now. And uh, so I'm I'm doing neurokinetic therapy and touch for health applied kinesiology, and so those came along. Uh, in the last couple of years, um, as as uh, certifications that I you know I still function as a manual therapist on a massage board, but but I do apply kine- excuse me apply kinesiology primarily um, through those techniques and those tools. So so awesome, and uh, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what Touch for Health and applied kinesiology and this neurokinetic therapy is. Um, But first, I just want to share a little bit of my personal experience, having had Ben work with me. um, And y'all know he's an amazing athlete, and he uh, he has done a lot in terms of, you know, athletically and uh, professionally. But um, he's also really good at breaking down to just beginner and uh, for beginner level. And and for me, I was um, I was really interested in being able to take athleticism to just a little bit of the next level for myself. You know, I'm never going to be like a super powerful athlete. It's not in the cards for me, but I knew I wanted to take it to the next level. And so I knew I wanted to to be able to run without pain and without like hating it. And so um, I asked Ben to work with me and I just said, you know, I want to be able to do like a 5K with ease, like just a 5K run, like with ease. And so he started working with me and I was really intimidated of the first time that we we got out in our park and I just said, like, I'm super nervous about this because I can't run a quarter of a mile without, like, 
just being completely out of breath and, and just not loving the experience. And it's real important to me to love the experience. Like whatever movement I do, like I want to love it. And, um, and I feel like that's our birthright. So he, uh, he was so great because what I remember about that first, that first session and then many of the sessions afterwards is he just kept it really light and easy. And he just brought a lot of ease into it and just worked on my form and created ease and worked on my form and created ease. And so within like maybe a couple of months, we did the, the a 5K here in, in Lubbock and, um, and he ran it with me. And the whole time he was just like, hey, just keep it easy, like keep it easy, relax your shoulders deepen your breath, like feel your feet. And he was giving me all these little cues where I finished the 5K, which for some of you, that would not be a big deal. But for me at the time, it was a real big deal. And I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, I could run that again. That was so easy. And so it goes to show that we can create so much ease in areas where there's stuckness. And, um, and you know, for me, it was lots of bad technique and lots of negative mindsets around movement. And uh, then we went on to continue to train and got to the place where we did seven miles, I think, one time and of running and, you know, we've done some obstacle races and things like that. So anyway, your work is, um, is, is so incredible and I think you have such an intuition as a healer. So let's, um, let's get into what it is that you're doing now, just the nuts and bolts of it. So explain the, the basic idea of what neurokinetic you know, this touch for health therapy is, and uh, then we'll talk about, you know, who it helps and right. go from there. Okay, sweet. All right, so I'll start with what I am. I'm a manual and movement therapist. I specialize in pain and performance, okay? So um, the tools that I use, touch for health, apply kinesiology and neurokinetic therapy. Those both fall under the parent term of applied kinesiology, and what that deals with is communication systems, the way that the body is communicating with itself and connecting its own pieces to be able to respond appropriately to its environment. And, you know, and so the, the environment meaning, like, if you need to get up from your chair and walk over to the kitchen, like, what are those, what are those things in your body that need to mobilize in order to carry out that goal, right? And that can be... Um, translated to really any sort of movement performance you know that's we would classify that as like function but essentially what we're talking about is the way the body is able to perform and so so yeah, really anything yeah so really anything from someone being able to you know get up from a chair to be able to walk somewhere um, to someone being able to athletically perform at a higher level. Yeah absolutely I have people in the clinic um, that just want to be able to walk around without back pain or without mm. hip pain or without neck pain. Um, and that's good enough for them. And that's like a very, very awesome goal. Like if yeah. we can do that, then that is such a win. Uh, but I also have people that are doing, you know, there's an obstacle course race coming up and a lot of them are trying to do like these huge, huge goals and they're rocking it, but they have some areas that they need refined. And so we're working with them to get their pains, you know, under the significant loads to kind of ease out and balance out so their body can perform appropriately and effectively and efficiently. So, so I do that with, with anybody of any, you know, any age and any uh, movement goals, any performance goals. It's, it's really good for anybody. So, 
So if you're someone that's dealing with pain, you uh, you know any any type of like pain that's physical in the body, they would they could come to you and you can work with that. Or if they're wanting to take it to the next level, absolutely, it doesn't yeah. have to. You don't have to have pain in order to improve. You can be functioning in a relatively successful uh, at a rel- relatively successful level and even improve that. You know, we can always be refining and uh, maximizing, optimizing all of that stuff. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about the communication systems of the body. So when you talk about um, you're helping with the communication systems, what are those? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I know we have limited time, so we should try and keep it short. But but basically, uh, the primary uh, system of the body that we're working with is the nervous system, okay? It's the nervous system that is the interface between, you know, your goals and your mobilization towards those goals, Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, that can be external stimulus, meaning you have like a ball flying at you and you're trying to catch it, or an internal stimulus, meaning you need to be um, like sleeping without pain in your back, you know, and so your body is holding itself in a certain certain position and uh, you have muscles that won't let go for whatever reason from sitting or from stress, stress, or, or yeah. whatever it is, you know, any any anything can kind of kind of be a factor in the breakdown of the body. So we can go in and assess the muscle system to see how the body is communicating with itself via the nervous system. So it's the nervous system that tells the body what to do given the goals. Mm. So I work with the nervous system through the muscle system. Um, and then another system that we work with is the fluid systems. This is more in getting into mechanics, right? So you have the fluid systems and the vascular system, the lymphatic system, um, and those are all informing the body all at the same time. You know, the fluid systems and the electrical systems, they're all working together to create uh, mobilization to be able to carry out the processes to reach your goals, whatever they are. So when you're assessing someone, you're using the applied kinesiology, the muscle testing to see what is maybe blocked or out of balance. And then you're using the different techniques that you have to be able to clear those blockages um, to be, cre- be able to create more flow and movement in the body. Is that Exactly. Of- that's perfect. So, so those are the systems that, w- that we work with. And then we're assessing what is blocking the, those systems from being able to carry out their processes, you know, and when there's a block in the system, that means communication cannot uh, travel from point A to point B, and then most of the time back again, you know, back to point A. And that, and that circuit is um, what we're dealing with. And so that circuitry, yeah, it goes from the brain to the end ranges of the body and then back to the brain. Okay, that's a, that's a continuous feedback loop. But you can also have, and this, we're kind of geeking out just a little bit, but but uh, you can also have those circuit feedback loops between one muscle and another muscle, okay? And so a lot of times when we have pain, we have a situation where there's an imbalance in the way that those muscles are communicating back and forth, okay? So for instance, you have a muscle on the front side of your body and then an opposite muscle on the back side of the body. And if the muscle on the front side of the body is firing too much, it's too strong or it's too tight, then the muscles on the back side of the body are going to be holding on for dear life. Mm, kind of and, overcompensating. And then overcompensating yeah. for uh, for the lack of balance there, which is going to create 
a perception of pain to the user, right? To right, the, to, right. Kind of like what we call referred pain. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But the interesting thing is, in, in the, and we see it like every single day in the work that I do, um, most of the time the pain isn't where the issue is. It's coming from somewhere else. And it's coming from that blockage in communication. And once we can uncover the blockage in that communication cycle uh, and fix it, you know, then, then we're good. Then the body naturally comes back to balance and expresses itself effectively and efficiently and with ease and lightness and, you know, the thing that we all want, just to kind of float about our day and, and be powerful just without trying. So. That's so great. You guys can probably uh, see why I would have been on the team for the retreats because this whole idea of, of um, unobstructing the flow, like clearing the blockages so that everything can move in the way that it was intended to move. That's the whole, that's like, that's the whole deal, right? That's it. And uh, so, yeah, we could geek out about this for a really long time. Um, Okay. So give give us an example of a client maybe recently that you've had, just so that people know um, what, you know, what would be a a general example of someone that you've been able to help. Right. Um, Yeah, man, there's so many. Let's see. One example that's really good, it's been such a success, is uh, I have a client who is a uh, long-term ballet instructor, ballet dancer, and she teaches now. And um, in ballet, you have a lot of external rotation in the hips. Okay, That's what creates a lot of the graceful movements and a lot of the beautiful forms that they do. But because there's a lot of external rotation in the hips, um, there's going to be some sorts of uh, pain areas that show up, okay? And so just by, and, and of course, she's done this for a really long time, okay? So there's going to naturally be some areas that come out of balance, okay? And so we've gone in to assess that external rotation of the hip to see what is firing too much and what's not firing enough in order to bring balance across that system. So we found some areas in her back and her hip that was creating, uh, basically holding on for dear life, um, that was creating pain and a dysfunction in her movement. It was creating like an actual restriction in the way that her hips were moving. And so we were able to find out which areas need to be strengthened and which areas needed to be uh, relaxed. And then after a few sessions, her whole hip complex was functioning just perfectly and and she didn't have any pain anymore and she could do all of her beautiful movements and so it's not like it's not necessarily like doing a movement or not doing a movement it's about how to more effectively do the movements that we're doing and so I like to try and be as like um gray as possible not not black and white like you have to do this or you don't have to do this like life is too complex and too varied to be able to draw like hard lines there. And so what, what my philosophy is, is let's, let's support you in being as strong as you possibly can be without having to try so hard. Yeah. Let's make it light. Let's make it easy. Um, and let's, let's get you to be as strong as you are without you having to be uh, without you having to try so hard. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing that I, I say that that's regularly so and daily. So, um, yeah. And, and she's someone that had 
chronic hip pain. I think so for several deal- years, yeah, yeah three done- to five years, if I remember yeah. right. It's a long time to deal with pain. And I, I find that dancers can, I mean, lots of athletes can be. Oh, athletes in general, yeah. yeah. And yeah. actually dancers, I love working with dancers because they are such a, when you look at athletics, when you look at sports, it's a very specialized thing, movement-wise. You are you are moving in a specific way over and over and over mm-hmm. all day long, yeah. you know, and for years and years. Uh, but I love working with dancers because they're the most varied version of a sports-style activity. You know, you're doing a lot of the similar uh, movements over and over, but they're more global. They're more, like, varied, and you move in all different directions, and with strength and integrity, that's the goal, throughout all the postures and positions and forms. And it's it's kind of like martial arts, you know, but as a more of an art form versus a war form. For, war form. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so it's it's really beautiful way to move the body and and uh, but even still, it's it's a specialization. And so, what we can do is go to uh, look at those areas that are compensating for a lack of integrous movement, and um, and kind of like put the pieces back together so that you can continue moving the way that you, you know, the way you want to, and you can do that effectively. So that's so great. I love it. Let's pivot to um, group movement sessions. So, you know, at the retreat, um, there will be some people listening to this who are going on the retreat and people who maybe um, have been training with you or want to train with you. In terms of what you do in a group, um, what exactly are you aiming for when you do like a group movement session? Because you've got that functional movement. And, and I know for a lot of people who have taken your uh, group movement session, they, they're connecting, like the mind and body are connecting to certain muscles and, and mindsets that are very, um, they're very functional and they're very healing and they're maybe a little bit, they were unaware that those muscles even existed or that they could connect to them or that they were important. And I know for me, I had that experience for sure. So give us just a little bit about what the group, group movement sessions are about, what they're geared toward. Right. That's such a great question. I, I think my main thing that I like to focus on in one of my private sessions as well as my group sessions is connection to the things that are most important first. Okay, and so that's namely going to be the breath and the core, and then uh, learning or kind of becoming aware of when you connect to those things, what does the rest of my body do? Right? So even just laying down, like what is my stomach doing? What is my core doing? While I'm breathing, is my breath all in my shoulders or does it drop down into my lower ribs and my belly? Um, and then we take that and build upon that. So what's my core doing when I'm walking? What am I, what's my core doing when I'm doing an exercise or a specific movement to strengthen something? When I'm stretching something, what, what is my body doing? So I'm, I'm literally going in to help define what our body is doing when we do movements, when we do motions. And it's such an interesting thing for me to talk about because like if you span out outside of our culture and whatever, like humans have been moving for a very long time and effectively enough because we're still around, right? So, right. And, uh, and we're not, you know, we're not the fastest um, like mover on the planet. You know, there are plenty of animals that are way faster than humans, but, and, and we're not the strongest at all. But there's something about the way that humans move that is 
extremely efficient. Like it's absolutely amazing to see how efficient the body moves uh, when it's in its own proper order. And so that's really, in my opinion and philosophy, that's kind of where uh, we we land as movers on Earth. And uh, and when we can go in and define those things that create efficient movement, that's when the pain and uh, the struggle kind of just dissipate. They kind of just like float away because they're no longer a part of the equation. And so I like to go into that equation and help people in a group setting or a private setting uh, unlock those areas that are creating that blockage towards efficiency. And I think it's just so important because in our culture, you know, there's there's a, a lot of um, there's a lot of issues with the way that we move because we're going through the motions a lot of the time, or we're like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour, and um, we may not know how to activate certain muscles, how to activate the breath. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone doing a really hard movement and they're not breathing, and it, it's very concerning, right? Yeah. And so to be able to um, to emphasize some of the key components of movement is going to create that kind of flow and ease that we've gotten to experience, which is really exciting. Totally. Yeah. Even something as simple as like getting up off the couch, you know, you're doing a squat, you know, that's basically what you're doing. And so people that go into the gym and do squats over and over and over, which is great, it's fine. But, but if they're doing it in a way that's like not working with the way that they, you know, m- most efficiently can do that, most effectively can do that, then it's going to uh, increasing, increasingly get harder and harder, you know, as you get older and older. So, yeah, and there's going to be more pain and, yeah, you know, issues yeah. and, yeah. Like you said, like holding your breath, like, uh, yeah. I don't know, is that the best way to do that? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's sometimes it's going to be best because you need to brace effectively or whatever, or, but it just depends on the context. And so I like to get into how we are um, designed to move. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's so amazing. So fun. Okay, so um, before we finish out here, there's so many things we could talk about. But before we finish out, I would love to hear um, what, what lights you up in terms of your continued um, focus and, and study. Are there authors or mm. podcasts or books or things that you just are, you really love that, that you want to share? So much. Oh my gosh. Um, my fav- well, one of my favorite books, it was so formative, uh, is called Born to Run by mm. Christopher, Christopher McDougall. And actually, I wanted to share one of his uh, quotes that com- came out of that book. Man, that, that book was so influential for me. And um, I mean, I could talk a lot about it. But, but uh, the, the quote that comes out of that book is... Well, Born to Run. So the the whole thing about Born to Run is how he goes in to define like how a human is literally, like the human body physically is designed to run. It's the only uh, quote-unquote animal form on the planet. I'm I'm not saying that humans are animals, but, but it's the only like mechanical animal form that on earth that can breathe voluntarily while running. Like every other animal on earth has to breathe in accordance with their gait, their stride. When they extend out, they have to breathe in. When they contract back, they have to breathe out. They don't have a choice. They don't have a choice, (laughs) which is why so many animals have a hard time running really long distances because they can't breathe 
as much as they need to in order to carry out those distances. But humans are different and they're unique in the animal kingdom, if you will. So one thing, one of the things that he says is in that book, he says, think easy, light, smooth, and fast. You start with easy because if that's all you get, that's not so bad. <laughs> and I just love that so love much. That. So, and so, so many people in their like movement endeavors, whether it's like athletics or it's just staying in shape or it's moving without pain, uh, we automatically play the comparison game and feel pressure to do really huge movements in order to be like good or worthy or valuable or whatever. It's just not the case. It, we, we really need to just simplify and get down to the basics to be able to understand if I just do these like basic little things, then I'm going to feel way better. And I'm going to set the foundation for truly being able to be strong later rather than just, you know, recruiting really effectively and eventually blowing our joints out because it doesn't work like that. So, hmm. so anyway, um, yeah, uh, that book was amazing. The uh, book that I just read is called Deep. It's by James Nestor, and he actually re- wrote another book that I recommend to anybody. It's called Breath. And mm, so both of these, yeah. th- especially the first one, Breath, um, but then Deep, it's about free diving. And so both include uh, a lot of information about breath work, and it's really cool. But the one that I just finished is about, uh, it's the one called Deep. It's about free diving. Mm. It's about how our bodies like physiologically change as we go into the water and dive really deep down. Like it's amazing how uh, there's physiological processes that just like switch on and you're able to like hold your breath for a really long time. And it's just really amazing. Now, disclaimer, don't go out and like get in your swimming pool and hold your breath. Like you can pass out really easily and you can uh, drown. So I'm not (laughs) encouraging anybody to do that. But just the information is just really, really incredible. What lights me up like crazy is seeing the possibility, the possibility and potential of uh, what we or how we've been designed and what we can experience out as we play. And really, that's my motivating factor is I just love life and I love to play in life and um, being able to do that effectively and freely and you know, fully, powerfully is just an absolute joy. I think that's what brings, brings me uh, a lot of life. So, mm-hmm. so those types of books really, you know, on the, on the less clinical side, those, those types of books really kind of light me up for what's possible and, and all that. And, and of course, I'm always learning way more uh, on the clinical side about, you know, I'm, I'm doing some myofascial studies. I'm doing some lymphatic studies right now I'm doing more applied kinesiology studies and just continuing to grow is just it's so vital one for the work but really it's all about understanding life better through the lens of our bodies and our place in it you know so so that's just it just Mm. gets me so crazy so (laughs) so incredible I love it and I just feel like one of your one of your many gifts to all of us is bringing that lightness and that ease and that fun and that play to movement. Because I know for many people, exercise and movement feels heavy and it feels hard and it feels frustrating, especially if your body's not doing what you want it to do or you know is capable of. So I love that you are, um, you're bringing that lightness and uh, that ease into exercise movement and 
and uh, super excited to have you at the retreat, super excited that you're doing this work. Um, if there is one message that, if you had one, one sentence or, or two sentences, you know, that you wanted to share with the world, your main, your main um, watch cry, what would that be? Man, that's so committing. It's really hard to answer that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think back to, you know, what we've said, uh, it's all about connection. And when there's a blockage in the system, uncovering that blockage is going to, and, 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 uncovering the blockage and letting go of the blockage and reconnecting with our natural design, that is the process of healing. And uh, when we reconnect to our natural design, then life just happens. And it's joyous and it's fulfilling and it's powerful and it's infectious too. And uh, so I think it's all about the connection and allowing the communication to happen. So, mm. Wow, such a great place to wrap up. Ben, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Can't wait for people to experience your, your work, the movement sessions or the applied kinesiology and um, you're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. My pleasure. If you want to go from concept to experience, from idea to action, get coaching, community, and retreats by joining the core community, a health-conscious, heart-centered, growth-minded community that will help you thrive. Go to anakingcoaching.com to find out more.